Let's go. Whatever happened to Am I my brother's keeper, huh? You know what happened to it. It became my people's keeper. A moment of information, impartation, and inspiration to uplift, encourage, and most importantly, empower. So am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes. Oh yes, I am my people's keeper. Hello, 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 everybody. What's going on, man? This is yours truly, Will Robinson Jr., uh, William Robinson Jr., uh, but uh, definitely better known as Will. And uh, so many people call me pastor, bishop, whatever the case is. You know me. When you call me, definitely I'm going to answer. I'm so excited uh, to be here with this podcast. Shout out to 119 Media Group. Definitely being able to be on this platform with my people's keeper. I'm so excited to have my co-host. She's beautiful. She's yes, she is. She's fine. She's mine. Yes, that's right. My baby's with me. My wife is with me. My co-host, Patrice Robinson. <laughs> Baby, speak to the people. Speak to the people. Let them know. Hello, everyone. I am Patrice Robinson, and I am so excited to be doing this podcast with my husband. Um I'm just excited for this opportunity and to be doing something different. Good, good. Listen, I'm glad that she took over, uh, took the opportunity uh, to to come and to be with me. And we're so excited again about this platform. Listen, my people's keeper. Some people are asking, what is it? I am my brother's keeper. I am my sister's keeper. But most importantly, I am my people's keeper. We're here to provide information, impartation, and inspiration to you, my brothers and sisters. But not only that, we're here to uplift encourage and also inspire that's right we're here to inspire and truly empower listen definitely as we getting ready to prepare um for uh this episode uh, we're going to definitely have more episodes to come but also we're going to be featuring some guests uh, as well so i'm excited about that and those that will come on this platform to help continue to bring information and awareness uh, to you all um one of the things that uh, we want to uh, really look at within the next couple of episodes is starting with our pretty much our first topic. Our first topic, definitely a broad topic that we're going to be discussing is what are we up against? What are we up against? There's so many things that we are up against, not only as in the black community, but as a nation. There's a lot of things that we're up against and we want to kind of discuss those things, but we also want to try to find ways because there's a lot of conversations that are going on right now, but we want to really try to find ways and hopefully we can make some triggers that will help trigger us to be better, to become better, to to actually heal through all of the things that we're dealing with. And one of the things that we want to talk about starting off, I mean, you know, because this is going to be an ongoing thing, because uh, one subject uh, is is too broad to actually uh, condense into one segment. So when we talk about what are we up against, one of the things that we're up against right now is uh, definitely police brutality. Police black on black brutality, and that's some of the things that we are, are looking at right now. Um, so when we start looking at police on black brutality, in a lot of cases, um, we see it across the globe. And how can we, when we say it, what do we see? 
what do we see? When we say it, what do we see? We see names like. So when we think about police brutality and things that's been going on in the media, some names that come to mind, we think of Sandra Bland, that's 2015, Breonna Taylor, that's 2020, Tamir Rice, 2014, George Floyd, 2020, Eric Gardner, 2014, Michael Brown, 2014, Walter Scott, 2015, Alton Sterling, 2016, Fernando Castle, 2016, Stephen Clark, 2018, Dante Wright, 2021. These are all individuals that were in some form of police brutality that they left us too soon. Um, and let's define police brutality. It, police brutality is the excessive and unwanted use of force by law enforcement. It is an extreme form of police misconduct or violence and is a civil rights violation. Mm. So police on black brutality, simple form, how she simply identified. Now, when we start talking about uh, finding information like data or, or information concerning um, police on black brutality or race, racial bias. Um, the Nature News featured by Lynn Peoples in uh, June of 2020 says that what the data say about police brutality and racial bias in which reforms might work. It says some interventions could help to reduce racism reign in the use of unnecessary force in police work, but the evidence base is still evolving. So there, so when we look at something that like this, it's still evolving. We look at uh, from 2014 up into 2021, those names that have been called out, we continue to say their names. Those names that we continue to hear, the Sandra Blands, we continue to hear the Michael Browns. We continue to hear these names, but we also got uh, to realize also before 2014 and beyond, there are also other incidents that are not recorded. There are other incidents that we don't have any witnesses or we don't have anyone coming to the forefront uh, to actually bring it on the main screen to let people know that it actually has happened, but we know that it's been happening. And so it says many have been arguing for years about the need for better data uh, on the use of force by the police in the United States and for rigorous studies to test interventions such as training on how to de-escalate interaction or mandating the use of body-worn cameras by officers those data and studies have begun to materialize and definitely spark since 2014 uh, definitely with Michael Brown and and Eric Gardner so I guess what what can we what can we say uh, as it relates to why is there limited if, if, if we, we can say limited information about this when we know this is something that's been going on is it limited information or is it just that um, we don't really, really focus on it? Now, like you said, police brutality towards blacks in the United States is not new. That's something that's been happening. Um, it's just because of current technology. Everybody got a cell phone. Everybody got an iPhone, iPad or whatever the case is. We are able to record things that are happening. Um, and so it's in our face. So we can constantly see what's going on. Um, so it's, it's a constant reminder. If you're on social media, Facebook, um, Instagram, all of those, you constantly see the videos being replayed. So when we constantly see those things, um, it's a constant reminder of what's going on. But like we said, it's, it's always happened. So what can we do as a, a people to 
address these concerns? Mm. I mean, again, we've been addressing these concerns for, I mean, for decades. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we, when we look at, you know, this topic, you know, it's not more so. So, so you got people like us. We have a, done our best to adjust uh, to, I guess, what we may consider to be things that don't draw attention to us, that will cause us to be. Uh, killed <laughs> or to cause us to be stopped doing a traffic violation that might end up uh, with our death. So we, we attempt to do all of these things um, to, to, to adjust to that, but is it, is it really working? And so uh, when we talk about, is it really working? Then wh who's the problem? Good question. Let's, let's look at this. Um, being a black man in America, I'm not a black man, but I'm married to a black man. I'm raising a black kid. Um, I have an uncle. I have a, a father-in-law, a brother, um, all of those things. And so our conversation goes something like when you leave home, um, you make sure, like literally my mother-in-law puts, tells them to put the license and their registration and all of that like on the passenger seat. So have everything already laid out. It's like we have to prepare ourselves because we don't know what the day is going to entail. So we have to prepare ourselves, have everything laid out. Um, and then let's say one of them gets stopped by a police officer. Then we have to talk to them about, okay, comply. And I hear that word so much, comply, 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 which is, simply means listen to what they tell us to do. But then we know if they tell us to do something in this extreme and we know our rights and we're saying, well, why do you want me to step out of this car? Right. Why do you want me to uh, do X, Y, and Z? Right. Why are you stopping me? And it's like when we question authority, they're thinking we are confrontational and they're thinking we don't comply when that's not the case. We just want to know what's happening, what's right. really going on, why are we here? So in a day of a, a black man, it's okay, I'm stopped by the police. All right, I'm putting my hands on the steering wheel and I am going to listen to do whatever it is that they say. So when they ask for my registration, when they ask for my license, I am going to say, okay, I am going to get it, which is right here on the seat because this is what my mother had told me to do. Right. And so it's like if I move too fast, like what happened? If I ask why are you questioning me, like what happens right. or whatever, like you go, it's like your body becomes overwhelmed with just sitting there. And so you might get frustrated. You might be like, your body just get consumed with so much. So it's like, I might make a false move. And then next thing you know, my family is burying me. And it wasn't intentional. It's because I'm dealing with so many stressors. My mom just had a conversation with me to say, do X, Y, and Z. Just make right. sure you come home. Do whatever you say. And that should not be our conversation when our family members leave home. Or my wife just called me to tell me that there's something else that she needs me to do uh, on top of all the other things that she's already asked me to do. The kids want me to bring them this. They want me to bring them that. Uh, I was trying to figure out how I'm going to make time to make this work or to pay this bill or to pay that bill so you got all of those things that are all uh, those stressors all those all stressors those life stressors life stressors and it's it's just it's a it's a challenge to just live by itself alone 
No, more so just trying to comply with anyone or just the police alone. So even when we go further looking at the data, it says about a thousand civilians are killed each year by law enforcement officers in the United States. By one estimate, black men are 2.5 times more likely than white men to be killed by police during their lifetime. And in another study, black people who are fatally shot by police seem to be twice as likely as white people to be unarmed. So if they are complying and then they are unarmed. So going, going back to, you know, we're talking about investigating, you know, you, you know, you like to watch, we, we like to watch, you know, Chicago fire, Chicago PD, um, law and order, those different types of things. And if we understand anything about a quote unquote good cop, um, they, they definitely are ones that are, are very observant. And so when we hear the stories of, I didn't know that it was um, Skittles or well, that's a different. I didn't know if it was a cell phone. A cell phone. I didn't know if it was uh, a, toy a toy gun. So when you got all of those things that are that are playing in part where these individuals are not unarmed, again we go back to say what what is the problem? And I guess some of the problems that could be or not helpful to us is. Um, Individuals, and I think we. This is one episode that you were talking about, uh, where we were talking about how we can, how how we can help this, or what we can do to 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 make this stop. Is one of the episodes I think from Station Nineteen, where they were um, talking about one of their counterparts uh, was talking to one of their um, other officers, white officers, saying that you know your family is are the ones that are. So a, pre- so I ahead. see what you're saying. So yeah. pretty much what we're saying, how we can. Um, what we're up against, because we're as a African American community, we're up against so many challenges. I think what would help? We are known as the minority. Um, Caucasians are known as the majority. So therefore, we know that they they have more privilege. They have more. Um, what's the word that I'm looking for? They have advantage. Um, the advantage and they can talk to some people to get some policies and get some things changed. Right. So one of the things I can say that will help our community if we will have our Caucasian brothers and sisters help step up and help fight this fight with us. Right. Not stand on the backside and say, I support you, I'm I'm here for you, but no, we need you to advocate for us. We need you to be in the forefront because sometimes, no matter how many times you see um, African-Americans in the media trying to fight for equality and trying to fight for better, um, it's like our voices are not being heard. Like so much of... um, brutality police brutality has happened and so much it's been a wave of hate crimes in essence it's just been a wave and so but there is no policies or nothing that has been signed and if it is been a policy i'm not aware so if it's one and i'm not aware then forgive me but there are no policies that have been passed to address the issues that directly affect the African-American community. And one thing our um, Caucasian brothers and sisters can do to help is to help get, um, be the voice for us, help advocate for us to make us, um, to, you know, get these laws passed. Um, because blacks are significantly more likely to experience police brutality than whites. And it says in this journal from Public Health is that whiteness affords protection against the police use of force. 
Mm. So. Yeah. So the skin color automatically protects you. And again, this goes out to, to say that I'm, we're not, I'm not blaming the individual. So when, when someone says, well, how, how can I have white privilege? Even though I know you, you probably haven't created it, the white privilege, you know, uh, a stamp upon your life, a label upon your life, but you've actually inherited. Now, I'm not, I, what I'm saying, what, and basically what she's saying is you stepping up and actually being a voice, you know, can help actually change the narrative of that. So, pretty much, we know based upon what uh, has been identified as white privilege just based upon your skin color not based upon you having a conversation with anybody or telling you telling them who you are or telling you that you have black friends or telling you that you have a black uh, significant other or you know you live in a black neighborhood just based upon your skin color gives you the privilege and the protection and so what we got to make sure that we uh you know encourage individuals to do is don't allow um just the whole concern about systematic racism and white privilege to uh, to 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 dilute you know you from actually speaking up because a lot of people say well you know how can I have have, have white privilege when you know I was you know I didn't wasn't raised in a, a rich home I you know my, my I was struggling my dad you know didn't have we were on welfare and all of that I hear all of that I understand all of that but if we both walked into a uh, a, a a, a Starbucks or whatever the case may be. Matter of fact, we're talking about the police on back. So we both were pulled over at the same time. We both pulled over at the same time based upon an accident, however the case may be. If they approach us, approach, approach me and approach you, and you say or I say based upon evidence that uh, you were wrong or I were wrong, you if you say, based upon how you feel, if you say that you didn't do it or based upon what I, I'm wearing that particular day or what I, what I have on, they can easily persuade over to you to take Take whatever your concerns are or whatever you said to be, you know, to be true over me because of my, the color of my skin. So that's simply what we are actually, you know, talking about. Don't allow that to make you forget or to make you, you know, think that I'm actually targeting you. No, we're talking targeting the issue. That's the problem, which is white privilege and systematic racism. That's what we're talking about. And so this is, this is again, not to take away those that are speaking up, those right. that right. are saying stuff in the, in, during their conversations with, with their family members. Over time, in the, in the history of time, in the history of the United States, in the history of slavery, and constantly being evolved from Jim Crow to the Civil Rights Movement, we understand that majority of the change happened because of our white brothers and sisters that stepped up and said enough is enough. So, so again, that's, you know, that's the key of how we can, we can help this. And it's, it's amazing, again, when we talk about the stressors, on top of this, we've already went down through the last several years of individuals that lost their lives uh, to police on black brutality and are still losing their life. Like, it's not, it, we look at these dates, so we got 2014, then we got a year later, 2015, then we got a little stretch in 2016, uh, we don't really see anything in 2017. Then we see something in 2018. We don't see anything in 2019. Then we come to 2020, and then we come to 2021. You know, even right now, even within the last several months, we understand the George Floyd case, um, and definitely talking about that <laughs> just a little bit. Even with, with within the last, whew, 
several days. So even going um, that timeline that you just shared, even going off that timeline, like each state, um, these situations have happened in different states. At what point do the police departments have a conversation with each other to figure out, okay, let's see what's happening. Let's really look at these cases and see what's what's going on because we do know that all cops are not bad cops. Absolutely. We do know that we need the police. Like, we do know that we need law enforcement. That's not, you know, we're, that's not, you know, what we're saying. We know we need them, but we want to look at the whole stretch of police brutality, look at these cases and let's try to identify like really what's the problem so we can address it. So was it their anxiety, their nerves? Was it um, they were in a situation and uh, flight versus fight, you know, Mm -hmm. stepped up? Was it that like, okay, I want to go home as a police officer. Am I saying I want to go home and be with my family at the end of the night? So I have to make sure that I'm good. And so if that's, and in your life to make sure I get home, let's look at it. Let's see if that's the perspective. And if that's the perspective, let's work on um, more defense classes. Let's work on more strategies to make you better at your job so your fear won't take over. And that's the reason why they're not going home. These people are not going home to their families. So we we just need to figure out. Let's have a conversation. I don't know if they do... Um, national meetings or national conferences with law enforcement but if all of them should come together look at these cases and there should be some ideas and some strategies that each force can take away to help make things better you know what i'm saying because it should not 2014 okay and mind you, this has been always going on. So I'm not, but I'm, let me start with 2014. Let me start with Eric Gardner and Michael Brown and Tamir Rice. All those three things happened in 2014. So if we go look at those cases, then 2015, Sandra Brown and Walter Scott should have been a different outcome if we just would have revisit that. And then let's go to 2016. If we didn't get it right, the next year, well, let's go to 2016 with Fidel Castro and Alton Sterling. Right. Let's go to that. Like, at what point do we reevaluate this whole situation and say, let's actually look at the video footage and let's look at these cases so we can do better or whatever? And if they are doing it, great. If you they, if they are doing it, let's this great that they are doing it. But then show us, show the, give us some type of faith, uh, give us some type of hope to let us know that you are working on making things better. But what we're seeing, what the public is seeing, is another black man or another black woman is dying by the hand of a police officer. And I know some of these cases are case by case, but. Because of that video, because of the image that's being put out there, you know, it giving us a whole nother perspective. And I think more so uh, with with what you just said, you're saying doing on a national level. I think the national level is the problem. And and the reason why I say that, because the national level, the national media is the ones that keep putting out this information, this us against you, this blue against black, 
They're the ones that continue to keep putting this out in our face as it relates to, you know, um, if they would have complied, you know, with the officers, they're not, you know, not listening. I think it's more so a real focus on the local level. And again, when we talk about the local level, uh, we're talking about you finding out who are the core, who are the rotten cores in your local department that pretty much are the ones that's causing this havoc. Yes, I know you, you're not going to be able to tell because, again, you know, uh, darkness is hidden. So, so again, a lot of times it's done in the dark. So you, you really won't know until it comes to the light based upon an incident. And so I think, again, the focus is, again, on the local level in hopes that the national level will be able to actually see it to actually turn the way that they handle these cases. Now, we're talking about that timeline. Let's bring it up to right now. We're talking about within the last, matter of fact, <laughs> we're talking about in the last, since the Derek Chavins, uh, Chavins uh, trial, one that um, pretty much um, killed George Floyd. Um, we understand the trial started on March the 29th. Now watch this, and in which he was convicted um, with all three charges. Mm -hmm. So the only thing that we're pretty much looking at now or quote unquote waiting on now is the sentencing. Right. Now that's the part that we really, you know, got to look at. So Chavin faces up to 40 years in prison for second degree murder up to 25 years for third-degree murder, and up to 10 years for second-degree manslaughter. Mm -hmm. So that's what he's facing. And so we're waiting waiting to see what that outcome is going to be. And definitely we, we, we appreciate every small victory that it, that it is, but we're waiting to see what that's going to look like. And so how that looks like, we're really, we're really determined for me individually as a black man is have we really made a step in the right direction? All right, so, and the number of deaths at the hands of police in 21 days, since then, 21 days, since then, have averaged to more than three people a day. On March the 29th, police in Chicago fatally shot 13-year-old. We're talking about right now. We're talking about that gap, but we're talking about within the last, you know, 21 days and within the last uh, six to seven days. So, police in Chicago fatally shot 13-year-old Adam after chasing him down in the alley. The next day, Michael Hughes, 32, was fatally shot by police at the Quality Inn in Jacksonville, Florida, after police said he tried to grab a taser. That's WJXT reported. On March the 31st, see these dates? A 40-year-old mentally ill man in Claremont, New Hampshire, was shot multiple times and killed after an NK, um, exchange of gunfire with the state police, the Concord Monitor reported. And April the 11th, an officer in Brooklyn Center, Minnesota, fatally shot Dante Wright, which we, you know, is at the main screen right now, 20 years old, doing a traffic stop. His death is not far, far from where Floyd died. And this was on the same, uh, same time frame around the trial of Chavin. Incidents like these have occurred every day since the activists across the country are calling for change to the way law enforcement deals with civilians, especially people of color. So, me and you can go back, you know, and again, this was not, uh, this was a community, um, I guess, a community killing because George Zimmerman wasn't an actual police officer. He was, quote, unquote, um, uh, neighborhood watch. Mm -hmm. So we can remember going back and being a part of the protest with the hoodie about Trayvon Martin. Right. So now we're still talking about 
this issue, still protesting, still calling for change, and we're doing it. In there's some that are doing it, and we're asking, we're hoping that people. And I understand the frustration. There's some people that are burning stuff down, but you got others that are protesting peacefully, that are just saying, "Let us have a dialogue. Let us have a conversation. Let us sit at the table." But we still find these cases. These cases it's still happening. So again, what are we up against? We, we, we're here. What are we up against? We have the black person in America, the black man in America. We di- we're up against poverty, police brutality, overwork, underpaid, racist boss, systematic racism, raising black kids in America, um, sex trafficking with our daughters. I mean, there is so much that we are face with on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. Yeah. We are experiencing these things. We are re- witnessing these things. We are hearing stories of our friends. We are experiencing brutality. We have to worry about all of those stressors. We are faced with constant threats, but then we are expected to move on with our day. Forget about everything. Like nothing happened. Yeah. We are expected to show up to work, still perform our duties as if nothing happened. We are faced with all of these psychological stressors. I, I want to see the mental health bill for black people in America. Mm, wow. You want to see? Wow. I want to see the bill. You want to see the bill? Because we are faced with so many stressors, so many psyches that just play on our emotions. Yeah. I mean... Can we get something? Minimum breakdown? Yeah. Yeah. So with all of this, and this is documented, this is data, this is report, this is information. Are you compelled to see where black America is? Are you compelled, white America? Are you compelled, United States of America, to actually do something to help black America? Because again, you just you, you said a mental health bill. You were actually just talking about even talking about a hate bill. I, we know. I just from the, from the news from uh, <laughs> and and again, this is from the uh, from Washington. Um, Senate passed hate crime bill responding to wave of violence against Asian Americans. So so this just ha- and again, I, I don't condone any type of hate, but I'm just saying. That was so easy to get past. Um, And the wave of um, that against the Asian community, again, it could have still been happening. Oh, well, but it just came to our surface. It's more in our presence now, like we said, because of the whole technology and we get to see different things. So that was passed. But nothing. Nothing for us. Nothing for the African-American community has been passed. So then when we start trying to do something, again, going back to having a positive, positive passion to do something, to change something, and we start organizing, and we start uh, producing things in our community, then why do you still feel the need? What, what, what's in you that make you want to stop that? If, you, if again, if you're saying that we, we need to be better. We need to be better with our how we act. We need to be better how we talk to each other. We need to be better how we deal with each other. We need to be, um, you know, again, we, we we need to know how to talk to people properly and correctly. And so when we're, we're doing these things, we still you still try to find a way to stop us from doing it. 
Right. And I remember one of our conversations that we had and I, you know, our parents um, always put in us, you know, talk to everyone, treat everyone with respect, respect yeah. treat people how you want that's to be right. tra- treated. Respect so, carry your whole a long way. And so <laughs> if that's the mindset and then we come in contact with individuals who talk to us crazy, like something resonate in our spine like i know in mine like you're not gonna talk to me crazy so i under i know that when we are faced with different authority figures and they start talking down to us i already know the my skin is flaring and i'm like oh no you're not about to talk to me this way and then i understand how uh Stuff happens I understand how It can get violent Real quick Because You don't want me To talk to you crazy You're not gonna Talk talk to me me crazy (laughs) So Then we got All these other issues I mean I I just don't know what Because in the same Conversation I'm teaching you Parents, parents teaching you to respect people, to talk to people right. But at the same, but that, but that other talk, don't you let nobody talk to you in any kind of way. Don't you let nobody disrespect you. So you know, it's it's those things again. You know, I'm not used to that, and especially uh, when we talk about raising our children. You know, we teach our children, uh, you know, a, a certain way to train them, the same way to 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 love people, to respect people. You know, again, and also to be vocal. To voice their opinion, ask questions. I ask, I tell, we, we are, I continue to remind them all the time. And just my son alone, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you my battle with this. And this he scares is, me. He, 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 scares, he me. scares me, but I, he's, I, I can't stop his honesty. I can't stop him being true to who he is as well. Because, again, I don't want to damper um, on his, his passion or his fire. To want to know, to want to ask the questions, um, and in one season, and I mean, it's, it's changed over time. You know, now he want to be a uh, work at a gas station, but hey, that's something we're working on. Uh, <laughs> he was working at a gas station, so. But at one point, uh, as you know, when he was um, around three or four, he wanted to be a police officer, right. and this was around the time where you know we're talking about having. Some of these incidents that we just named, some of these individuals that just lost their lives due to that, I, you know, I can remember, you know, police coming to the school and uh, for the, you know, for the day, uh, and uh, I'm there, and he want to take a picture with the officer, and and then, you know, the officer, you want to get in the car, you want to sit in the back, and I'm like, no, 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 <laughs> you take know, a picture in the front, yeah, seat, take not a- the back. <laughs> You know, so so it's like you know, it, it's one of those things. Like you're you're roaring, you know, within yourself. Like you know, we have been taught definitely that police, firefighters, you know, uh, doctors, those are first great line of first defense. first line of defense. They're great role models to be. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always in the book. That's always been taught to us in elementary school. But then when when my children see this, this is the image that they're getting in in preschool. This is the image that they're giving in elementary school. That the police are the good guys. The police are this. So now, when they start seeing these videos, because they got phones, when they, you know, they got phones, and when they start seeing the articles, or their friends are sending them, you know, information, they see the videos of what the police is doing. What is that doing to them psychologically as well? So now you're telling me that these are the good guys, but 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 how? But but they're looking like the bad guys. When I know that guy didn't do nothing but just stand there with his hands up, Daddy. He just he just had his hands up, and they just shot him there. So when you're talking about dealing with that, uh, and, and again, like I said, it's good. It, it's a uh, how, how they say it, it's a blessing and a curse at the same time. You know, his personality, uh, you know, definitely get it honest. But uh, I remember we we got a uh, we were headed to uh, to see my parents one day, and uh, and he 
<laughs> we got stopped. Uh, my wife was driving. She was, uh, you know, had a, she got she got a head of a foot. She got yeah, a head of a foot. She I got a head of a foot. <laughs> but we were on a we was on a country road and got stopped by a state trooper. He got out the car. You know, definitely hey, the license registration. You know, asked where we're going, and. I'm just telling, I'm just saying, son, just, you know, be quiet. Just let them, you know, normally, you know, just comply. Give them the information. Don't say much. Say, say as say less as possible. possible. Right. Well, you know, he comes back and the officer, uh, before, I think before he walked back to the car or something, he said that. He lets his window down. And I'm like, why are you letting your window down? Lets his window down. I'm like, oh, snap. What are you about to do? I got my eyes closed like this. Like, you know, I can't, no, you probably can't see me, but I got my eyes closed. Like, oh, my God. What is he about to say? What does he say? He says, "Hey, officer, you a cool dude." <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes on after he says that, and he says, "Let's take a picture." Can Can I get your autograph? Yeah, that's what he said. Can yeah. I get your autograph? Can I get your autograph? And the officer is like, "Sure." Like he, he kind of, "I ain't famous like that. Like, so famous let's like do that. a picture. Yeah. Let's do a picture instead of an autograph." So he gets out with the police officer. They take a picture, and it and I post it on social media. And you know, a lot of officers that we are friends with yeah. start sharing it because we are, we want to put a positive light on this as well. Right. You know, because we know. All cops again are not bad cops, but that imagery, the those videos that constantly circulate, mm-hmm. you know, that has something that in itself. If you're watching the George Floyd video, right. eight minutes, eight minutes of that, like that does something to you. It just makes you speechless. Eight minutes and forty six seconds to be exact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it does. It does something to. To all of us, um, you know, when we look at even those that are our, our uh, brothers and sisters in the Caucasian community, you know, again, I see I see people commenting and posting up under this, you know, um, devastating, you know, uh, killing. And most of them like, well, there was no reason for you to have his, your, your knee on his neck for for that long. And even just in, in general. So, again, when we look at, you know, those things. uh it, it's 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 hard. It's, it's it's hard to continue to position. And again, I got family that are police officers. I got friends, as we said, we got friends that are officers and great great people, man. Great people, love them to death, do anything for them. And again, it's just pretty much we've got to do something. Um, where and I, we we got to change this narrative. Change this it. cannot be the conversation again in every year. in ten years. We can't yeah. be protesting about the same issues over and over. Something have to be done because we as a people, up we, are, so we are up against so much. Like When you try to deal with this one, then you still got this one happening at the same time. You still got black on black crime that's happening. Right. We know we have issues we know in we our, got commu- issues. our community. And um, we know we have to address those things. And we will be addressing that on this platform. Um. But it's just so much. It's just so much that we are faced with as a people. Yeah. So, I, so again, you know, we say, you know, pretty much, you know, we got to do something. And we got to do something, something now. We got to do something now. But encourage our Caucasian brothers and sisters. Let them know, hey, we need, we need for you, you to be, be a voice. Need you to be a voice for us. Again, Man, that was that's great. I love that content, and it sounds like y'all was about to um, round up. But can you do me a favor? Mm-hmm. All those names that you read, 
and the beginning. Mm-hmm. I want you to read them one more time. Okay. And read them how you was reading them too. You know what I'm saying? Read them, grab them people. I want them to know the names. Okay. As we go out. Okay. And we'll your your final word or your final word before you do that, and then we'll be out of here. Okay. Um, man, again, I just want us to make sure that we continue to strive to stay positive, continue to strive, you know, to find ways to change the narrative. Definitely we know that it begins in us. It starts within us, making sure that we do what we need to do to make sure we got our things, our stuff together, making sure that we have information, make sure that we know the law, making sure that we are ahead of the game within that aspect so that we can make sure that this stops on our end. Definitely those officers, they got some things that they got to deal with. They're, they're individuals in their communities, family that they got to deal with. But as it relates to for my people, I'm asking that you and I'm tell, I'm speaking that we all make sure that we understand that this network is not going to be a net worth if we don't stay connected. And the only way we can stay connected is by making sure that we are providing information, impartation, and definitely inspiration. So let's not forget Sandra Bland, 2015, Rihanna Taylor. 2020, Tamir Rice, 2014, George Floyd, 2020, Eric Garner, 2014, Michael Brown, 2014, Walter Scott, 2015, Alton Sterling, 2016, Philando Castle, 2016, Stephen Clark, 2018, and Dante Wright, 2021. All deaths of Police, police brutality. And I dare not be remiss. Again, we got Micaiah Bryant recently. Uh, we also have in Elizabeth City, North Carolina, um, Andrew Brown Jr., 42. So mm. we speak their names. Whatever happened to Am I My Brother's Keeper, huh? You know what happened to it. It became my people's keeper. A moment of information, impartation, and inspiration to uplift, encourage, and most importantly, empower. So am I my brother's keeper? Yes. Am I my sister's keeper? Yes. Oh yes, I am my people's keeper.